This is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Kristen and I'm here with Sammy. Hello. <laughs> it's like, I love that we're like, are we doing this? Are we like, do we all go say <laughs> hi? Just going to keep going. Um, so yeah, we're happy to be here. It is going to be, this is the episode that will come out on the 12th of December, I believe. And so this is going to be our last episode for the year because we're going to take a break around the holidays and come back fresh for you uh in the new year we're going to start with uh right on monday the second with our next episode after this one so it's just like really wild to think about the fact that it's almost like that we're talking about our next episode after this one will be in january of 2023 like that's i feel like we were just talking about this but like for last year's podcast when we were just starting out. And I'm literally feeling like I'm living in this like time warp lately. (laughs) And I know, I feel like everyone says that like every year, it feels like it goes by faster, which I always conceptualize like it's because it's like less a percentage of your life that it feels that way. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like this year for some reason, it's just like, how, how is it almost 2023? It's one of those like weird paradoxes, right? Where things feel like they are taking forever, like going on forever. Mm-hmm. And then also like went by in an instant. And it's like, how is, how is that <laughs> like the case yes. where it feels like, oh, it's been so fast, but also it's been really drawn out. Um, yes. Like that saying, the days are long, but the years are short. So true. It is. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like I feel like that's a good one. That's a nice little nugget. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to be talking about your inner child, inner child work, reparenting, that kind of stuff. Um, Sammy and I, when we were talking about it, we just thought this is a nice time for that because you might be around either parents or caregivers or family members more more than uh, usual at this time of year, perhaps. Um, And often some of that like familial stuff can come up. And uh, it's an interesting journey when you are learning about yourself and you're developing your own self-awareness and you're starting to learn to parent yourself in the ways that you needed and maybe didn't receive, but you're still in relationship with those parents and all the stuff that can come up there. And uh, I know, Sammy, we've talked about this before, but like how I'm perpetually like 15 years old when I'm in my mother's presence. And I don't understand why I like time warp back to a like a version of myself that is like not my proudest moments, to be honest. (laughs) Not not (laughs) my best self, but it is just like, like, it's so funny to notice the pattern that uh, we fall, like we fall into these patterns of relation, right? And so um, Mm -hmm. 
that certainly, uh, I think being after Thanksgiving and before the coming holidays, it's like, oh, we've had a little bit of a taste perhaps of what this is like and where it has a little dose of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's particularly relevant whether you're, like you said, you're spending time with caregivers um, during this time or not, whether you're seeing family or not, because even if you're not going to be, to me, it's like, Everything like the commercials that you're seeing and hearing on the radio, the movies, the show, all of this stuff is like giving you um, it's like modeling that. And it's this reminder and it's this um, I kind of think of this like subliminal reminder. And I um, spent the Thanksgiving holiday with my sister. And I know for me, it was like even being around her like can bring up some of those things. And I am even just saying like in a neutral way, but it's just that like what you just described that 15 year old self where you're like, Whoa, this hasn't come up in a while, but it's like really present within me right now. And how do I respond to that? And sometimes you respond. And then after you're like, Woo, that was a reaction, not a response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight is 2020. And I, <laughs> what happened there? Yeah. Hello, inner child. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe a helpful place to start is just like what we're talking about when we talk about inner child. And I feel like that's sort of a, a term that's tossed around a lot. And there's people mean slightly different things. And inner child work is like something that I feel like on social media, there's a lot of reference to like working with your yeah. inner child. Um, and my thought about when I think about inner child, I'm literally thinking the younger version of myself that is still present within me, right? Like, so we are our current chronological age and we are also every age that we have been up until this point. And all of those life experiences live within us consciously and unconsciously. So some of the things we have like immediate recall and other things are living in our body or in our subconscious memory, but they're still part of who we are in this moment. Mm. So when I think inner child, I'm thinking my experience as a child that still lives in me now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Would you define it differently? Like how are you? I think you put that really succinctly and that's at least what my impression and my uh, like objective, but also subjective experience and understanding of like that inner child connection and, and um, what the inner child really is and how it can present because like what you said, um, it's not like different than yourself. It's a part of yourself. And, and it's not just like one part either. I think that's what I loved about the way that you described that just now. It's like, it's not just like your inner child's not, I don't know, for some reason when I connect with my inner child, a lot of times like four comes to mind. Four is also my favorite number, so maybe that's why. But um, but it's like, there's something about that. But that doesn't mean that my inner child is just only four years old. Like your inner child is... and. I think of too, it's like, it could, it doesn't have to just be child. It could be from adolescence. It's like past versions, Mm -hmm. your early twenties, like it's past Mm -hmm. versions of yourself. So it doesn't have to just be like, oh, if this didn't happen during this part of my childhood, then that's not really what my inner child is. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes when I'm working with clients or just talking to people about that, I can see that there's a misconception. And like you said, um, I love the social media for this, that there's so much, um, like so many different resources and so much more, um, what's the word like exploration and, um, 
examples of ways to connect with ourselves. And I think sometimes when you don't have the background understanding Mm -hmm. of what these things are, and you're just watching like a 60 second clip of something, it can be really easy to misconstrue or misconceive certain things. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, I love that social media is having like having these conversations and prompting these conversations and increasing awareness of the different ways that we can understand ourselves. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's so much nuance in mental and emotional well-being that can't be captured in like a 30 second reel, right? Like it's like just not gonna, you know, or like a a quote that's like on a pretty background, like it's that is more two dimensional than our like human experience is very multidimensional. And so Mm -hmm. it captures an aspect, but not the whole usually when we're looking at things on social media. So I think it's um, helpful to have conversations around all. And I think that's what I really like about our conversation, Sammy, is like we end up talking about like, not just what is this? It's like, well, this is a concept and it can look a bunch of different ways. And we talk about some examples of the ways that things can look. And also that those are not like an exhaustive list of the ways that it could present. Any one thing could Mm -hmm. present it, but it's important Mm -hmm. to have conversations around like exploration so that we can start to like peel back. It's like, Oh, look in the corner over here and peel back the layers over here. And like, there's lots of different, um, dynamics of the of the topics that we talk about in inner child and inner child work is one of those topics um as I'm sure all of them really are but that Mm -hmm. has much very much nuance to it and so I'm glad that we're having this conversation today and I think that one of one of the things that I see when people talk about inner child work just to get specifics. I feel like that is where people are like, oh, I want to do inner child work, but I'm not sure what that is or what that means or what it would look like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, there's two routes that I have seen described there. Like mm-hmm. um, one being like healing and supporting the, any wounds or injuries or pain of that inner child. Like when you were younger, what you experienced as painful that may or may not have been objectively um like validated by you as painful in those moments. But looking Mm -hmm. back, you can see that it was injurious. And also I feel like the other avenue that's often explored with inner child work is playfulness and creativity and awe and innocence and like allowing yourself to be in the world um, in a way that essentially requires a foundation of safety right like and so Mm -hmm. I think the reason why those two things go together is because if we were um, hyper vigilant or if we were in pain or having you know chronic injury emotional injury in our childhood we might not have had the emotional safety to be playful to be mm-hmm. um creative to be you know in awe and inspired we might not have had the space for those um mm-hmm. and so we are talking about inviting them in later on in life when we can try to create that safety for ourselves so i feel like those are the two things that are coming to mind for me when i'm thinking of how we talk about in the inner child and inner child work am i missing anything mm-hmm. No, I think you said that really well. And I like, I'm getting the, um, like the reparenting element. Um, and that I've heard that really strongly in the second example that you were like being able to reparent. And part of that is, is the healing part, but also I kind of imagine it's like, you're able to 
I've said this before, like meet yourself where you are, which like meeting your inner child where they are is an element of meeting yourself where you are. And then the, like wherever that place may be, reintegrating to create safety and there's that reparenting. So perhaps that's um, just using the example that you gave where there wasn't a space of safety to create play or to access play. So being able to meet yourself there and develop a space where you can lean into play, lean into that. Um, and that that can then start to create, I always think of it as like a portal to be able to continue the connection because like we were saying before, your connection with your inner child is like multi-layered. It's not just this like one experience or this one age that you're at. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so, uh, I hesitate to say this because I say it all the time, but it's so both and of, I think it's like you're utilizing, although you may be focusing on one more specifically of the two examples that you gave, I think utilizing both of those in a um, really like collective experience can be really beneficial when you know, leaning into inner child work. Yeah. It's like they go together, right? Like in the healing of any pain that transpired, which I feel like the reason why inner child work got so popular or the term got so popular is because we all to some degree have experienced pain over the course of our lifetime. And so there's yeah. no one really that gets to adulthood and hasn't experienced hardship of any kind. And so there's always healing that retroactively might need to occur or that could take place regarding younger versions of ourselves. So I think that that's a very humanizing dynamic of like, of course, there has been some level of emotional hardship if we've made it into adulthood that could benefit from us going back and being with the younger versions of ourselves that went through that. And I think compassion is like a big lens that we need when we're looking at that. Absolutely. Well, and the reason why I say reparenting is in the example that you just gave, it's like going back and being able to sit with and provide the care mm -hmm. for our inner child that we maybe we didn't receive at that point in time and, and maybe why that time was injurious to begin with. Mm -hmm. And there's so many reasons why we might not have received what we needed to receive, right? Mm -hmm. So like there's, I feel like one of the criticisms of, um, I'm very like, I like to work with psychodynamic theory in my therapy approach. And one of the criticisms of, and there's a lot of inner child work in psychodynamic uh, orientations. And really what one of the criticisms of psychodynamic theory and also of inner child work in general, I think is that it's parent blaming, that it's like, we're saying I'm like this because it's, you know, it's my mom's fault that I'm like this or whatever, right? And, mm -hmm. and I think it's important to say that that is likely not the case. Like, sure, mm -hmm. there are parents that that cause harm. Absolutely. There are also parents that cause harm unintentionally, secondarily. Mm -hmm. They might have their own limitations and, and didn't know how to give you what you needed, didn't receive yeah. that themselves. That's not an excuse. It's just an explanation, right? Like, in, yes. Or you might have had really great, a great relationship with your family, and had physical hardships or, you know, like, so there's just like so many ways that we could end up experiencing feeling like our needs weren't met at the level that we really needed them to be met at. And I would say, because there are so many ways that that happens, 
it is almost a universal experience that we come out of childhood feeling like on some level, we had needs that weren't able to be met by the people around us without faulting or blaming them unnecessarily, unless there's really particularly egregious behavior of which we hold accountable, right? Like, and that all that's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. I really think what you said earlier is important to to reconnect with too. It's like, it's not an excuse, it's an explanation. And being able to connect with that where it's like, we can we can understand that this is objectively what happened and, and not um, that it was intentional. And that to me, even when we're talking about reparenting, we can like reparent our, our inner child around things that maybe when you're like connecting with your inner child, it has nothing to do with your caregivers. It yeah. could have something to do with peers or something else too, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, your, your memory or this connection has really no direct connection with, um, with those roles in your life, mm-hmm. but you're still able to, as this, um, adult self, or this older, more experienced, wiser self, be able to go and provide what that inner child needs in that moment. Yeah. And we're more resourced as adults, right? Like we've mm-hmm. had more life experiences. We've gone through more. We've learned more. If you're listening to this podcast, then you probably have done more self-exploration work and un- work to understand who you are and what's coming up for you and work on your emotional intelligence in a way that allows you to show up for yourself differently than younger versions of you were able to, or then other people may have been able to at times in your life, whether it's peers, family, you know, siblings, it doesn't, you know, it could be anybody. We all, um, you can experience, you know, emotional hardship from any number of places. There's, um, a book that we have recommended in our newsletter before. And I talk about a lot with clients. And so my clients are probably, great like, they know what I'm going to say. Um, but there's a book <laughs> called, uh, adult children of emotionally immature parents. Mm -hmm. And the author of that book talks about what you were just saying, Sammy, like the importance of not, she's very like adamant that we're not blaming parents, but it is very important for us to recognize objectively what the conditions of our upbringing were so that we can have context for our experience, not to make anyone wrong, but for us to also not make ourselves wrong or gaslight ourselves into thinking that we should be able to feel differently or why don't we just, and it's like, well, there's a very clear explanation for why don't we just actually, Mm -hmm. it's because we didn't have X, Y, or Z not to say someone is bad or wrong or awful for not providing X, Y, or Z. It's just, It is what it is. And we have to be able to be honest with ourselves about what those conditions were so that we can have more compassion. I feel like that brings the compassionate lens. It's like so often we treat ourselves like I should have been able to or why can't I just now? And it's like, well, actually, there's some really good reasons why you can't just right. Like, and like, let's look at those reasons, not to wallow, not to make somebody else the villain, but just to understand that. Well, based on that experience, it makes a lot of sense that you don't know how to do this yet. So now how do we learn? And that's the reparenting part, right? Absolutely. Well, and I think that it can, A, like, yes, if you're resonating with this, you should definitely pick up that book. It's super helpful. (laughs) And um, if you're wanting like a deeper dive into this, I also think it's really helpful the way that, um, like what you were just saying, the way that the author really lays it out in this book 
the ability to like identify patterns through that too, where it's like, oh, it's not just this one thing that I'm feeling triggered around. I'm understanding that this, this pattern of behavior from a parent or within my own self or whatever is connected to these other things too. And the reason I say that is because I hear this a lot where it's like, I worked on this already. Why is it coming up? I already, I thought I healed my inner child mm-hmm. and and I think that that can feel really misleading. I've had that experience. It's like, oh, great. And then the holiday season perhaps comes around and you're like, where is this coming from again? I thought I did this. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that it's patterns and it's deeply entrenched. And, and like you were saying, being able to develop the compassion, it doesn't have to be blaming. But so often the blaming, I think it's like, you know, humans were taught to compare and contrast things to understand and relate to the world around us. And often that starts to... um kind of morph into blaming. It has to be because of this or that. And an understanding, okay, like there's a there's a cause and effect to things, but creating the compassion for and the deepened understanding and awareness of where something happens can open up the space to be able to start to heal. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of have to like, you may know where you want to go, but you have to understand where you're starting first. And to be able to understand where you're start- starting, we have to reflect to understand kind of like how we got there. Yeah. And normalize how we got there so that we yes. understand that like there were conditions that supported us getting to where we are. And then we need different conditions moving forward, right? Like that um, so much of our culture is individualistic in the sense that it's like self, like it's individual blaming, like, oh, if something's wrong in my life, it must be because I'm doing something wrong or because I don't know enough or because I just can't get myself to do it differently. And it's like, but we're relational beings and we do not operate in a vacuum and we are always in communication with our environment. And so we receive information about ourselves from that two-way communication with the environment and how we were conditioned creates beliefs about ourselves and, and habitual behaviors. Like when you were saying, Sammy, about identifying patterns, I thought of, you know, like one um, example that's relevant for me is I find myself often, and Sammy's like, gonna maybe laugh at me because I feel like she tries to help me when I know when I do this um like being like "Mm, hey look at that um is I often will feel responsible for other people feeling comfortable or like feeling like oh there's a problem like if you tell me there's a problem I feel like it's my responsibility to like make it not a problem right like I'm like oh okay I need to do something with that um And I'm doing that now as a 39-year-old adult. And I absolutely see where that comes from in my childhood experiences, right? Like that was for sure an expectation (laughs) that I could, you know, like handle situations that I, you know, like, so there's, Mm -hmm. there's ways that our current day behavior, I think sometimes it feels so removed, you know, it's like, oh, that couldn't have anything to do with it. It's like, Oh, actually, I absolutely see this pattern of relation in my early life experiences that are still showing up for me now. They're not showing up in in the context of family anymore. Now they're showing up in the context of different relationships as an adult, right? So it can be like hard to chase them, like hard to connect them uh, if you're not looking. But that's often a question that I'll ask clients is like, when, 
when do you remember feeling like this? Uh, what's your earliest memory of feeling this like sensation or this particular emotional experience? Because that can help us connect with some of the conditions that might have taught us that this is the way we need to be. Absolutely. Well, and I think that prompt, that invitation that you just provided could be really helpful as we're going into potentially navigating these familial situations, um, whether it be in person or over the phone or anything, even just the thought of it, perhaps you're thinking as we're thinking or as we're talking about this, you're feeling in your body, the anticipation of like, Oh yeah, I do have to do this. I am going to be interacting more. Um, and asking yourself, like, where's that coming from? Like where, when do I remember feeling this for the first time? I think that can be a really helpful way to start to connect with, because I get that question a lot. Like, well, how do I connect with, like, what does connecting with my inner child mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then if you are able to access, when did I feel like this and what was happening for me? Mm -hmm. I think another invitation, if you'd like to go further might be, and what did I need then? And how can I give it to myself now? Because often as a child, we weren't in the position to give ourselves what we needed. Maybe we needed personal space, but we were, our boundaries weren't being respected or we were like, our autonomy was not, you know, it's like you do what I say because you're the kid in this situation or whatever. As an adult, can you recognize, wow, I really needed space that time when I was five and this emotion was coming up for me. And I think I need space now. And as an adult version of you take the space, walk into the bathroom, you know, take a walk outside, like remove yourself or or say something like, oh, hey, I just need a minute. You know, what, how do you start to be that advocate that you needed and start to take care of the needs that you recognize? Absolutely. There are moments where I like to practice if, if you're in a scenario where maybe, you know, you need to do that, or you're, you're needing to meet a need of your inner child. You're connecting with that need coming up. And maybe in that exact moment, like I think of like, if you're in the car with someone you can't like just get uh, out of yeah. the car right away um I've certainly had that happen with people in my life so the a practice that I have is like literally placing um like my hand over my heart center and just that like I'm intentionally connecting like hey I got you. I'm here I I hear you and I recognize this and as soon as I'm able to I'm going to get us that space that we need I love that so much and just like the act of placing your hand on your heart it's like I know I'm like getting teary talking about yeah (laughs) it's such an acknowledging like it's such a witnessing that I think our inner children haven't had sometimes around like hey hey your pain is important your pain is valid I hear I do hear you and I'm here you know like I love that Sammy I'm getting teary too (laughs) because but yes a sweet sentiment right like and and just the fact that we're tearing up shows I think how like uncommon it is for us to do things like this. Oh yeah. And how collective it is that you and I can both, obviously Kristen and I have a rapport and understand this and everything, but I think there's that, like, there's an understanding of that as humans Mm -hmm. and recognizing and knowing that. And you can just like, I, to me, there's also that, you know, when someone just validates you and hears you, I think of that oftentimes when I do that, it's like, I hear you. And sometimes in that moment, even though it's not like a solution necessarily or the thing that you need in that moment, it helps to just be like, oh yeah, I'm being heard. I'm being acknowledged and seen. And so often that is an element of what's coming up is not 
having one of those things, not experiencing that. That's like literally the words that I was just thinking is like, even if there are other needs present, often, if not always, part of the presenting need is just needing to be seen and witnessed and understood. Like, yep, this, like being treated like it matters, like you matter. And so even if there's more to do after that, when you're able to meet whatever need, you're at least meeting the need of treating yourself like someone that matters. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really powerful act in and of itself. I love that so much, Sammy. That was such a good one. I will say, I, I know we're coming to the end of our time. I think another way to potentially start to like, if you're brand new to inner child work and you're just like, what do I do? Um, how can I start with this? First of all, I hope you got some good ideas from our conversation today because I feel like we did talk through some some mm-hmm. tangible ways to do that. Another way that I have done myself personally and that I've recommended to clients, I feel like you probably have too, Sammy, is like working with an actual picture of yourself when you were little. Yeah. Right. Like, so I actually have at my office, um, a picture of me and it's a Christmas picture. So it's a timely, I was under, under a Christmas tree, but, um, I was like, Very cute. Seen it. have you seen it? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> She's so cute. And it's like, okay, uh, how can, can I talk to her? You know, cause sometimes it's hard as an adult in the mirror or in your own experience to see that there really was a little tiny person that didn't know better. And like, sometimes Mm -hmm. we unconsciously will take our current level of development and place it on a younger version of ourselves. Like I should have known then what I know now. And it's like, no, like, you know, 39 year old Kristen and five year old Kristen are very different people. And can, in looking at an objective picture of that, Mm-hmm. It can help you remember like the part of you that you're really talking to. It's not this older yes. current version of yourself. It's this yeah. tiny, like that person deserves to be protected, needed to be protected, needed to be cared yeah. for. And how do we like, I think that that tool can be helpful with the compassion piece. If that's something that you mm-hmm. struggle with is like, okay, well I can look at this child and say, absolutely. They de- deserved to feel loved. Yes. I love that. Um, another like sort of extension of that, that I will often practice myself, but also, um, encourage others to do is if you had like a toy or something that you really enjoyed, or maybe even like a movie or something and being able to like step into the experience of that. Like I have this little beanie baby, remember beanie babies, um, that I just like loved when I was little and I have it in my office. And it's just like, when I feel it, I can like that tactile sensation brings me right back to that. And I think we can really utilize our senses to help us connect, um, with, you know, memories in general, but those different, um, elements of our inner child. And, And if you think about that, the play aspect too, if there's something that creates like I know when I look at this like little stuffed animal, it's like, oh, there is a sense of safety in this that Mm -hmm. I had then that I can also connect with now. And to be intentional about what that is, because there may be things that create the opposite of safety to Mm -hmm. connect with. So be intentional and aware of what it is that you're connecting with. Yeah. And I love that example because it's like, also we, I feel like children are so much better at allowing themselves to receive support, even if it's Mm -hmm. from like a stuffed animal or from a blanket Mm -hmm. or from some kind of like 
object that that has personal meaning and significance like we yeah. can, you know you see kids like hug things to themselves right like it's like mm-hmm. yeah I need this like this is helpful to me and and I think that can be a teacher in receiving also and allowing ourselves to receive oh my god Benson just fell off the chair <laughs> are you all right <laughs> he just like tried to jump up on the back of the chair and he didn't make it, but he did land on the footstool, the ottoman. So he, he didn't go oh, all the way back okay, down to the okay. floor. So he's, he's okay, everyone. Um, sorry, that was very distracting. <laughs> Benson just wanted, he wanted a shout out. He wanted he to be known. Animals are wonderful for inner child work. I feel yes, like they are. They bring out the playfulness and the innocence and the, like the trust. I think it's easy to trust animals um, mm-hmm. so they can feel like a safe place. And I think there's a lot of healing, healing there too. So he just wanted to make sure that we talked about the value of animals in in inner child work, I think. So thank you, Benson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. I know that we are at our time. I feel like we could probably talk about this more and we may, Uh, but I also feel like we uh, did, we did talk a good about a good amount of it today, at least as a start to this conversation for sure. Mm -hmm. So yes. we hope that you all listening have uh, like are able to connect with your inner child over the next few weeks and and beyond and and notice and care for that younger part of you, the younger parts of you that may present to you. And um, I love, 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 Sammy, your idea of putting the, your hand over your heart and just being present with yourself. I think that's such an accessible one, no matter where you are and what's going on around you. Yes, absolutely. And just something to remember as you're, going about whatever the this time of year um kind of includes for you whether you're going to you know spend time with family or celebrate holidays or anything whatever that is allowing yourself to know that you you have you and you are there and you have that ability to just create that presence and that grounding that's also a really grounding exercise but um that energy for yourself so beautiful so we're wishing you a happy holiday season if you celebrate whatever you celebrate and a restorative break, hopefully, that you'll get to have at some point over the next few weeks. And we'll be back at the beginning of the new year. A new year. 2023. Yeah, we've got lots of exciting things happening next year. So we'll talk to you all about that next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Oh, hey, super quick before you go. Did you know that The Holistic Heart hosts free groups and workshops every month? It's part of our mission to make mental and emotional supports more accessible. You can find all the info on our new community website page at holisticheartri.com backslash community. We've got some really great events coming up, so definitely check it out and spread the word. We'd love to see you there.